Am I like cool? Like, I don't have to get your faces in it, but like, can I just do like a Instagram story? Sure. Of course. Okay. And you can get our faces in it. Although this one, every time I go, we should get a selfie. And she's like, (laughs) (laughs) no. I'll just get like the mic and like your notebook. It's so cool. (laughs) That's almost all my Instagram pictures of me taking notes. Do you guys have an Instagram handle? Yes. It's rabbit holes podcast. Mm -hmm. I should know that because I actually run it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to follow the crap out of it. <laughs> this is a really cool logo. Who designed it? I did. It's awesome. Hey, Blonde in the Choir is following us. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. And welcome to the newest episode of Rabbit Holes Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Elise. And I'm your other host, Andy. And this is another special episode. It's the third episode in our Friends February series for 2019. And we are very happy to welcome Amy, who works with me. Hi, Amy. Hello. Amy is a bit of a professional podcast guest at this point. I believe this is her second sit-in. Sure is. Yeah. So we got in on the ground floor before she became like... Too expensive for us. Yeah. You guys want an autograph? <laughs> <laughs> Before we can't just pay her in chocolate? Yes. <laughs> <sighs> so, Amy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, you could say I live a little bit of a double life. <laughs> so, as Elise said, I work with her um, at, at work. a large university in Canada. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um Leave that to your imagination. And then at in the evening, I am a choir manager, I'm a marketer, and I'm a professional choral singer. Uh, that takes up a lot of my time. It's equivalent to two full-time jobs, mm-hmm. but I do not look back. It is amazing. And a big thing for me is com- community engagement in the choral community. There's 80-plus choirs mm-hmm. uh, from all over the city and so to maintain that community is really important so nice. that's in a nutshell what i do awesome cool and uh like we did with andy's episode andy and i will share our stories which are musically themed to match your personality and interest um, and then we'll ask you some more questions to get to know you a little bit better afterwards awesome great so andy and i decided wheel of destiny wheel of destiny to decide who's gonna go first and I took out the pizza and tacos option like we had last time. What? Well, I have this little Ooh. app that's like a wheel. But I was trying to decide what to have for dinner one night, so I put in pizza and tacos and let the wheel decide. <laughs> and then was too lazy to take them out for the next time when Andy and I needed the wheel. <laughs> so I think I was pizza and you were tacos yeah. or something like that. Should have kept it going. <laughs> but we have legit nails on the wheel this time. So okay. Andy goes first. <laughs> So it's not too specific to music because this one is kind of glazes over whenever I talk about music. Oh, Dear Elise. True. Yes, yes. It's terrible. Andy prefaces her music stories with what I'm about to say you know nothing about. And she's right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you go into selective hearing mode? Is that what happens? I listen very attentively. It's just I have no background knowledge okay. to comment what she's saying. Okay. 
So I've decided okay. that if I ever do uh, music-specific ones again, that I'm going to put up, like, a playlist on, mm. uh, like, Spotify and Fair. send it to her and be like, you have to listen to this before we record again. <laughs> Education. <Study."> yeah. <laughs> Please. So you have something, some knowledge of what I'm going to talk about. So, But I've chosen a topic that I think uh, we will all know about. It's earworms. Those obnoxious Ooh. songs that get in your head. Yes. Uh, for my husband right now, it's the theme song for Thomas the Tank Engine, <laughs> which I have funnily called his favorite song. So now our three-year-old keeps going, it's daddy's favorite song, nice. mommy. That's some psychological warfare right there. <laughs> That's a healthy marriage. <laughs> have so, you, like, customized his ringtone on your phone to that no, song? No, no. I should, though. You that really should. <laughs> it's really an obnoxious song. If you've never had to listen, watch Thomas the Tank Engine. Can't say that I have. Um... So what is it about uh, a song that gets stuck in your head? What makes them so sticky? Where there's Thomas the Tank Engine or like Bad Romance. These are all sort of really common. Mm-hmm. And we're all a little different in what songs get stuck in our heads, but there's lots of really common ones. Again, Bad Romance comes up a bunch of times mm. because it's on that top 10, top 100 list yeah. of earworms. So officially the phenomenon is called involuntary musical image or I. And MI. And it's explained like this simply an earworm is the experience of the inability to dislodge a song and prevent it from repeating itself in one's head. That is real simple. Yeah. So it gets stuck on a loop in your head, is yeah. what you're saying. Got yeah. it. <laughs> uh, because everything gets studied. And I think at some point I will do a whole section on, and they got funding for this. <laughs> <laughs> like our. Octopus on Ecstasy mm-hmm. um, discussion. Uh, everything gets studied. So there's a bunch of peer-reviewed studies on the phenomenon of earworms. And so this paper from the University of London called How Do Earworms Start? Which actually used a large amount of data from various radio stations. It was very much crowdsourced. Who asked listeners to describe their earworms uh, either by calling in or an online survey. So this was like BBC4 did this survey every year mm-hmm. at a certain time. A couple of Australian um, radio stations and a couple of uh, Americans. So they actually compiled all this data from oh, different radio stations. So like this, yeah, this is really kind of interesting way to source your resource material. Makes sense. Um, but who else is going to do it, right? So most people responded that earworms are connected to uh, mental imagery or feeling. So hearing a song could trigger a memory or feeling or vice versa. Hmm. So this song might remind you of summer camp or uh, mm-hmm. seeing like a nice summer morning, right? Remind you of a song. For me, summer, um, especially thinking about summer and going back to school or getting out of school makes me think of the Smashing Pumpkins song, 1979. Yes. That really one. Was See? Nice. This one knows what you're talking about. I know. No, I don't. Good <laughs> one. <laughs> So those sorts of things can get an earworm stuck in your head because they sort of trigger. What does it say about me that don't you wish your girlfriend was just like me as my, like, earworm? Like, every time that song starts playing. Oh, the Pussycat Dolls? Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason for that. Okay. So that's Ooh. great that the, these songs can trigger feelings or memories or an experience that you're having can trigger a feeling and a memory which triggers then a song that you associate with it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but what about the songs that just don't trigger a memory or feeling other than okay. annoyance? That's me. Got it. <laughs> so as my husband says, these are really bad songs generally that just get stuck in your head out of annoyance. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, how do they get stuck there? Some studies believe that it is certain song structure that lends itself to becoming earworms. Songs that are often voted top earworms, such as Bad Romance, Moves Like Jagger, have a number of things in common. Mm-hmm. They typically have a fast tempo along with a common melodic structure and unusual intervals or repetitions. So like a yes. Bad Romance, the chorus of that, ba 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 It's an unusual oh, yeah. but very yeah. repetitive. Yeah. So some earworms uh, follow a pattern of rising and falling in pitch over and over again, such as the opening of Moves Like Jagger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these things can cue your brain to get them stuck. They're more likely to get stuck when mm-hmm. they follow these patterns. So, uh, and also repeat more notes in an unexpected intervals, such as that romance. How to get an earworm out of your head. There's a few suggestions from the American Psychological Association. Because I would really like to hear this. <laughs> so distract yourself. Uh-huh. Let it fade naturally. Okay, well, four years later and you're institutionalized, yeah. you might not want to go that route. <laughs> or, like Cartman from South Park, listen to it fully so that you can move on. That's actually hmm. a good tactic. So, yeah. if do you both watch... Watch South Park? Not in ages. Or the early seasons. Yeah, so that bit mm-hmm. where Cartman, if, if you start singing Sail Away, oh. he has to finish it. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so that sort of vein of if, you, if it starts, you have to finish it so yeah. that you can move on. Yeah. See, I have a DIY solution for earworms that has worked 60% of the time, 90% of the time since I was in like middle school. I don't know if you guys remember, it was an old commercial with a jingle for a baby doll toy called Bouncy Baby. And mm. every time I start singing the lyrics for it, earworm goes. So it's bouncy, bouncy baby me, bounce all day on mommy's knee, bounce me high at IL, wee, bouncy, bouncy baby me. Earworm dies. <laughs> now I have that stuck in my head. Yeah, but like you only have to sing it three times, and the earworm is just like, I have to get the fuck out of here, and then it disappears. <laughs> this bitch crazy. Yeah, bye. I don't want space in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, that's been my constant refrain for 20 years now. <laughs> but you still get pussycat dolls stuck in your head again. Yeah, but then I sing that song, and it's gone. And then, like, is it gone? Repeats. Yeah. Nothing there? Mm mm. Ooh. Very little <laughs> to start off with, but definitely not the Pussycat Dolls. A lot of other things escape. <laughs> it's your escape do. song. I got to yes. find my escape song. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is your, like, earworm that gets stuck in your head most often? It changes every day. This afternoon, I was listening to August Burn Red's uh, King of Sorrow, and it's been the guitar solo. And at one point, my colleague, she's like, are you singing? No. It's a very um, explicit and unrecognizable guitar solo that only metal fans will know. <laughs> so, no, it's not that. I don't generally hum the funeral march at work. <laughs> I should. You should, but. Sometimes you us. want to. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So that, I guess, is one of my things today. But yesterday I had Moulin Rouge in my head. It changes every day. And it could be 
It could even be two notes, and it'll remind me of an interval from a song that I've heard recently, and I'll just start singing that. It's it's very, very, very detailed for me because I've been yeah. trained to listen yeah. to tiny little motifs and, and uh, little, they call melismas that will cue like four or five songs in a cue for me and it just goes on loop <laughs> through different parts of the day like an internal spotify list that is the most accurate de- <laughs> depiction yes i have a similar i'm more like a remix though whereas they okay. were all like is it a remix to ignition no oh, <laughs> <laughs> no one can say remix because my earworm i hear remix and i'm like to ignition right remix <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> no, but I now I'm going to be singing that fucking song. Thank you. My work here is done. Uh, like it'll be just this mismatch of like whatever is. Yeah, like, yeah. It'll like one or two theme songs from children's so- shows such as Paw Patrol or Oh no. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like hell on earth. I know. <laughs> um, uh, usually with some sort of Broadway right now, it's uh, in the heights. It's been stuck in my head with champagne from that musical, nothing else. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> so it's usually the same thing. I'll go into one, um, especially songs that have similar tempo that can actually go well together. Mm-hmm. That's where my brain yeah. will go. So I started singing lullabies to my girls that are not lullabies. Um, for Elizabeth, it was Moon River followed by a section from a musical called Spring Awakening and mm-hmm. then into um, a Soft Kitty, Warm Kitty. They yes. actually all like yes. go really well in together. <laughs> it's like called Blue Wind from Spring Awakening. So they actually all really well. You should just create a mashup. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this lullaby mashup. Victoria really likes Merry Christ- um, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas for some reason. That is See, you two are big music people, so your earworms are, like, multiple, like, songs that roll into And then I'm just, like, the trash pussycat dolls. <laughs> <laughs> like, on loop continuously until I want to put my head through a wall. <laughs> uh, well, my child made me listen to X's and O's 50 million times mm. because her favorite song is X's and O's by uh, King Ella King. Could not tell you. Couldn't tell you either. <laughs> yeah, my daughter loves oh, it. It's like Is this. it a new song? No, really. It's a couple of years old. The, okay. She mm. can't watch it the YouTube video on her phone because the parental controls are on. So <laughs> it, it's like scantily clad oiled up men mm, yeah. walking around with her. So she she wants to watch the video because mommy Walking is, around with the singer, not with your toddler. No, yes, not with my toddler. Okay. Walking around with the singer. We don't want letters. No. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> So the music video occasionally will put that on if you can't get Spotify. Okay. So there are so many different lists of earworms. I've taken a small sample of a number of them that I found. And in no particular order, we have Disney's It's a Small World. Yes. Oh, no. Who let the dogs out? (laughs) I was literally in my car. I was in my car. My dad was driving a friend and I home from the mall. And that song came on the radio. And he got fucking lost in the suburbs. (laughs) Because he was just so distracted and so hateful of the song. He turned down a cul-de-sac and he's like, I don't know where I am. What What is happening? <laughs> in a suburb, you can get really lost. You can get really, really lost. Like, if you were, like, raised in suburbs, though, I find, like, you kind of find your way around. Like, there's a bit of a flow that in every single suburb that you get. Like so, that weird mailbox. You're like, yeah, I know where, I know where I that is. Now. 
So like, oh, that really trashy front yard. I know. Right yeah. Now. So okay. we have like driven that route from the mall to our place like a gajillion times. So then just one, <laughs> this one time that song was on and he just lost his mind and his ability to function. And it was probably the funniest thing I've ever seen a grown man do. <laughs> <laughs> he could have just turned off the radio though. Well, he, I don't think he realized what was happening until he yeah. turned down this random street that he'd never really been on before. <laughs> Like maybe some like you know that movie Josie and the Pussycats with like subliminal messages. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Turn here. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Megaphone <laughs> is giving your dad an existential crisis. <laughs> I don't know what upset him more, like the crappiness of the song or the fact that it threw him that bad too. Like it was a real toss up about what it was that oh, pissed him off worse. Mr. Guest. Yeah, no. It's amazing. <laughs> that that's amazing. Poor guy. Also, silver bells and jingle bells are yeah. Christmas. <laughs> silver bells. <laughs> it's my Ben Crosby impersonation. It's pretty good. The next time they need him for like a vacuum commercial, they'll just call you. Yeah, just call me. Are you female? Uh, yes. <laughs> Queen is on there with a few coats. So, yeah. uh, we will rock you. Mm -hmm. We are the champions and Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. Wow. Yes. I think a earworm of Bohemian Rhapsody would not upset me at all. No. I could rock that. I would be okay with that, too. Me, too. But it's one of those songs that I feel I'm like Kirkman. If I start singing it in my head, I have to finish. And yeah. you have eight minutes to spare. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, random story. I grew up uh, in a place where music, it was a lot of really old music. Everybody loved Led Zeppelin and mm. the Doors, even though it was the fucking 90s. <laughs> Mostly it was like old classic rock. Yeah. So that are like teen dances. There'd be four slow songs. Hotel California. Yes. Stairway to Heaven. Mm -hmm. Comfortably Numb. And something more current, like Meatloaf. <laughs> I would do anything for love but I won't do that right. it's very popular all the time but think of those three songs those are very very long yeah. songs uh, yes and if you if you're smart and you request the right Pink Floyd Stairway to Heaven that's an 11 minute rope <laughs> session on a dance floor <laughs> Amy's like rethinking her entire youth yeah and all the decisions she could have and should have made yes <laughs> Imagine, imagine, what do they call it? The rule when you're slow dancing and oh, it's leave like, room for Jesus. Yeah, I did not. I did not go. They, they would have been jacked. Their shoulders and their arms would have been jacked, like endurance. Yeah. Well, well think, we, this was at like a um, um, a private business. It used to have teen dances, so mm -hmm. there was no like room for Jesus right. here. <laughs> How there was not more teen pregnancies in my. I was well, <laughs> great, grade eight graduation dance was rough because I was wearing heels and I was dancing with the shortest guy in the class. Oh no! And we did the shoulder thing, but he was eye level <laughs> to my boobs. <laughs> so he, he had front row seat. Ain't no Jesus there either. Jesus cock blocking him. Yeah. <laughs> he just wanted to come to the promised land, my friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that, is that like all that was on the list? No, no. Okay, more. because I do have one, and if it's on there, like I think I deserve more chocolate. <laughs> Village people, YMCA. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Pearl, Pearl, Pearl Williams, happy. 
Pharrell. Pharrell. Thank you. Pharrell. Pharrell. Andy. She's really light. What can I say? Sorry. I'm sorry. The guy from N-E-R-D. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. The Proclaimers, I'm going to be, or 500 Miles, as most of us Mm. know. Yeah. Journey, Don't Stop Believing. Yeah. I blame Glee for that. Uh, even though before that, that was a popular karaoke song. As soon as someone would play that karaoke, everybody it still plays at the clubs. Yeah, all the the young the youngins like still lose their it. shit over it. Still, wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Journey's making some money still. Oh yeah. Mark uh, Uptown Funk. Mm, yeah. <gasps> the Time Warp. Yes. Another good one. Side by Gang Gangnam Style. Sorry, by Side. Mm. Mm. Uh, and then Lady Gaga has Bad Romance, Poker Face, and Alejandro on this list. And then, obviously, Maroon 5's Move Like Jagger, which I said. And the very, very fitting uh, Can't Get You Out of My Head is by <laughs> Kylie Minogue. <laughs> true. Yes. That is true. Okay. My song was not on the list, but... This is just like a mismatch of... But... What you got. This is the song but you it's it's really funny lady gaga she's got rah, 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 ah, ah, for bad romance she's got pa, 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 poker face pa, pa, poker face yeah. what's the third one alejandro ali alejandro ali ali mm-hmm. it's like it's the repetitiveness yeah. it just sticks with you and it's easy to remember yeah i have a yeah. bluetooth speaker in my shower and i was having i was taking a shower and i was playing like a lady gaga mix and, like, I could not tell which of her songs were starting. And that's mm-hmm. when I realized that all of her songs have the exact same beat and tempo and the same, like, pattern. Yeah, yep. I was like, those... you can legit just overlay the lyrics yeah. on top of the other and they'd be fine. Same Fergie is the same. Brittany, Brittany is one. I noticed Fergie likes to spell things a lot. Yes. That she has, like, three songs that she spells. I'm listening to um, Iggy Azalea soundtrack or like mm-hmm. a mix on google play for whatever reason there's so many fergie songs on that list oh. i'm like what is happening i would never put those two together yeah oh. but yeah i'm i had not heard london bridge has fallen for like a decade london, london. Oh, and i think i've heard it like eight times today yeah <laughs> it's rough yeah it's it i find it really funny uh, i was listening to is have you played guitar hero growing mm-hmm. up so, I I used to play sometimes guitar uh, rock band. Oh, okay. But I would be the singer. Uh, not as cool. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I played uh, Guitar Hero 3. And on Spotify, it's not like an official playlist. Someone curated the playlist and got all the songs. And all of a sudden, in the middle of it, there's like this very like melancholic love song. And I'm like, where is this coming from? This is definitely not on the game. No, I, I was very, very confused for a second. I'm like, did I miss something? That would be like the most boring guitar test ever. Anyways. Unless it's an endurance test. Get through without falling asleep. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> do, do, do. Yeah, that would drive me nuts. That's, that's the end of my very short story today. Important, important research. I know important topics. Yeah, no. Uh, Doing the Lord's work, Andy. It was all because this all came about because Dan could not get the theme song of Thomas the Tank Engine. And if I was a real asshole, I'd start singing it right now because he will listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't because I love you. <laughs> my story then, also musically themed. Like we talked about, I know nothing about today's music the not one of the cool kids so 
I was thinking like, oh, like let's do a story about weird type of music, like throat singing and Swedish cough drop metal bands. And <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to want to play music, and we can't afford licensing rights. So that got next. So I needed an old timey topic, but also something that was interesting. Ooh. So <clears throat> I found weird facts about classical composers to talk about. Ooh. That is, oh, figure we like that. Yeah, I was gonna do bespoke music, and then I was gonna yeah, like, <laughs> I was gonna commission a song about Beanie Babies to like really get at you. <laughs> oh, in case people don't know, I have like four huge bins in my apartment full of Beanie Babies. Yeah. It's a weird thing I did, like most ninety kids, nineties uh, kids, and I have I have like the protective plastic over their like tags. I have a whole like inventory book of their like what generation they are and how much they potentially are worth now. And yeah, <laughs> it's bad. It's like teeny beanie babies from McDonald's still in the packaging. Okay, like it's crazy. <laughs> She was brave enough to tell all like 200 of her coworkers this. Yeah. So, yep. in a last email of get to know your coworker. Yeah. So, yep. I was going to commission a song for you on baby babies, but time and money happened. So, oh. sorry, we're going to stick with classical composers who were, for the most part, real weirdos. There's some the last, the weird freaking people. Time we did bespoke, it went a very different way. Yeah. <laughs> this one did bespoke porn. Got weird. Ooh, <laughs> I'm not allowed to talk about sex until the spring. She has told me because yes. I, I, I went up to her uh, and I said, listen, I'm an open book. We can talk about anything. We could talk about like relationships and stuff. And she's like, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> Andy has rules now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> boundaries. <laughs> healthy boundaries. <laughs> until the spring, spring equinox, I could not talk about sex again. In story. Oh, I got a really bad feeling about that episode. <laughs> Be ready. She's got months and months of planning ahead. Like, not really. I see it. It's only March twenty first. Fuck. Can yeah. I? Can I be there? Like, I don't have to be a guest, but just sit in the corner, like, <laughs> watch her be very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. It's like my inner prude is dying. Please stop. <laughs> I'm gonna Please. wash out that prude if it, if it kills me. <laughs> okay. Odd classical musicians. My takeaway from all this research was that life before Netflix was rough, guys. <laughs> Real rough. So let's start with <laughs> one of the most famous, and that's Beethoven, who was uh. terribly messy. Like, think of, like, the worst mess you've ever left in your kitchen times about, like, a gajillion, and leave it for a week. And that was Beethoven's style. Yeah. Uh, his lodging smelt because uneaten food would often pile up in the corners on trays. You just wouldn't eat it, and you would just leave it. Uh, As you uh, might think, his landlords never liked having him as a tenant because he was kind of a dick to his neighbors, kept, being, kept weird hours and played the piano really, really loudly. Mm -hmm. He was also very frequently accusing his servants of stealing from him. So Rondo a Capriccio, a piece from 1795, is nicknamed Rage Over a Lost Penny because the night he was writing it, he accused his maid of stealing a penny from him and had his room turned upside down looking for it. That does not surprise Dude me. Dude needs to chill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had a real chip on his shoulder. I mean, he was going deaf, so I mm -hmm. can't really hold be mad at Yeah, I can't hold that against him. Well, there's but a difference yes. between leaving like a half-eaten chicken on the floor and yes. empathy for the deafness. Like, 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At that point, they would have problems with rats, right? So, like, those have... All that food would attract vermin, which attracts mm-hmm. disease. So no wonder the landlord's like, mm-hmm. bitch, you out. <laughs> out of here. <laughs> yeah. High strung. Good way to describe Beethoven. Uh, each time he made a cup of coffee, he would insist on counting out 60 coffee beans that would be needed to grind up to make that cup of coffee. I've heard of that before. Mm-hmm. Like, holy. Yeah. Buddy. Mm-hmm. That's the most you right there. Uh, Amy, you mentioned he was going deaf. It was a gradual loss throughout his adulthood, and to compensate, he used a metal rod he would hold it in his teeth and lean it against the piano to absorb the vibrations so that he could hear what the noise being made. And he also had some primitive hearing aids, like metallic eardrums made for himself. Mm-hmm. So he was compensating, and he wrote, yep. he wrote his life and into his yeah. full deafness. So. Beethoven, really big on the temper tantrums. He wasn't the only one, though. George Handel is another one for that. His, la- his rages were legendary. Musicians had to tune up well before he arrived at concert halls because he had a, quote, sensitive ear and couldn't stand to hear them be discordant. Mm -hmm. Someone once tried to prank him by sneaking into a concert hall and untuning a bunch of the instruments. (gasps) (laughs) Cut to the start of the rehearsal, and the sound was so terrible that Handel ripped off his wig and charged the musicians while throwing punches. (laughs) Which, are you a fan of The Office? Yeah. Makes me think of the time Jim stole Andy's phone and threw it into the ceiling and kept calling it. <gasps> yes. Oh. <laughs> so, like, Andy had, like, this really specialized, like, like he did his own ringtone of, what was it? It was, like, an old 60s song. But he did every single layer of acapella music, and then he layered it all together for this ringtone, and he kept playing it. And then it was driving everyone crazy. So Jim took it and threw it into the ceiling tiles and then kept calling it. And then Andy got progressively more and more upset because he couldn't find his phone until he finally just punched a hole in a wall. (laughs) And then got sent off for anger management training. (laughs) So when I read the story about Handel, I was like, this is totally Andy. Oh, yeah. He's He's the the Andy of the bunch. (laughs) Maybe Beethoven's like the Stanley. No, no, I like Stanley. Maybe more like Creed. Yeah. yeah Creepy. Like the, and yeah. 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 Okay. See? This one knows office. Hey, There's you. Music. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah. Maybe Handel's attitude came from a nasty case of gout that he lived with. Yep. He was such a bon vivant that he developed the painful condition. Uh, and along with his gout, his lifestyle earned him a wicked case of lead poisoning. So at the time, they used lead as a preservative in wine. And he drank so much of it that he poisoned himself. Bon vivant. Yeah. <laughs> So eat a salad and calm the fuck down. (laughs) Really easy. Healthy boundaries. Yes. (laughs) Speaking of Handel, it turns out he was blind later in life, and so was Bach. And I mentioned the two of them together because they're both blinded by the same ocular surgeon, a guy named John Taylor. How is he still a surgeon? He's just going around blind and famous people. Well, it was the 18th century. That's true. So surgeon is a loosely applied term. He was probably a butcher as a a side hustle. (laughs) Taylor basically became a celebrity in the 18th century, uh, specifically in Britain, and performed surgery on a bunch of well-known people and was even named royal eye surgeon to King George II. He attained his level of fame because he was a rapid self-promoter, making Mm. a name for himself by publishing books like the autobiography titled The Life and the Extraordinary History of the Chevalier John Taylor, 
and he also gave himself honorary titles like Chevalier. So that's how he became so famous. I would swipe left on him. <laughs> so fast, right? So fucking fast. <laughs> <laughs> he would be he would be that profile that has the the shirtless uh, bathroom selfie mm-hmm. with oh, yeah. like the gold chains around his neck. Yeah. And like no regrets tattooed on his collar. Yeah, no regrets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in While the- he's being hunted down by six baby mamas. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And like his bio is just emojis. <laughs> <laughs> but not good ones like the random ones from the end of the line. yeah like the really weird yeah 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 oh god <laughs> i was so swipe left on him okay continually <laughs> sorry so john taylor back in march of 1750 while on a european tour he operated on uh, bach to fix cataracts uh, and during that surgery he blinded him Jesus. In the same operation that he performed on Handel in Tunbridge Wells, which was in England eight years later, he also blinded him. And he declared both cases to be completely successful. Of course he did. Yeah. Wow. This guy's a douche silo. <laughs> That's a new one? Yes. <laughs> that goes back to an old, like, Dane Cook, mm-hmm. when everybody thought it was funny. Saying, like, you know, you have that one friend that you're always trying to do. It's like, well, you're a douchebag. Well, you're a douche. It's like, douche silo. <laughs> douche rocket. That's not a container to hold stuff so that doesn't count so. Bach was blinded Handel was blinded both were successful operations according to Taylor uh, except for Bach died from complications of that surgery though Handel did live another seven years uh, and died at the age of 74 uh, so and that's like that is impressive mm-hmm. for that time yeah Samuel Johnson, who put together the first English dictionary, described Taylor's life as, quote, an instance of how far impudence can carry ignorance. Accurate. So, yeah. So a little off topic on the composers, but linked together. Yeah. You know. Plus, this guy was a giant douche canoe, if you will. And I douche Shiloh. Douche Shiloh. And so he got included. Up next, though, is Mozart, <laughs> a favorite of Amy's. Yes. He had a reputation for being a practical joker and liking the occasional fart joke. So does my three-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, while he was bored during rehearsals, he'd jump on tables and start meowing and pretending to be a cat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, might, yeah I I would swipe right on him. <laughs> Even with the cat? Yeah. yeah. He's just a furry before his time? Pretty much. <laughs> Uh, his love of cats inspired a piece called The Cat Duet, in which a husband asks his wife a bunch of questions that she'll only answer with meows, eventually forcing the husband to meow as well. How, how old what? is he? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a prodigy, right? So mm. he probably wrote that when he was really young, but also probably in like his late 20s. Right. Because he died very young. He died at 36, I believe. Oh. Yeah. It's kind of like the Danny Bonaduce of it all, though, right? Like, young... Too mm. successful, too popular. Things gets to call the shots. Yeah. Who would he be in the office? Mozart? Maybe he would be the, the intern guy. Ryan? Yeah. No, Ryan started the fire. Oh, no. With the pranks, he'd be Jim. He could, oh, yeah. He could be the Jim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So on top of all the pranks and the ridiculousness with the cat, he was also a big drinker. Uh, he wrote the overture to Don Giovanni the morning of the opera's premiere while dealing with a nasty hangover. So the story goes, he was out with his buddies the night before, and they said, Hey, Moats, how's that going? Uh, all ready for tomorrow. And he went, Oh, fuck, I forgot to write the overture. I gots to go. <laughs> and jetted off home and wrote the beautiful piece of music 
uh, on the fly while still really hungover. Prodigy. <laughs> Meanwhile, I get hungover and it takes me three days and a tremendous amount of bitching and moaning before I can even function <laughs> like a human. <laughs> he also died young, so he was probably fairly young when he did this. True. Yeah. True. Like, you know, some of the students I deal with anyway, they'll they'll yeah. go out drinking until three and then be on uh, be on the floor for a conference at seven AM. Meanwhile you're like, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm not, I didn't go out. Just like I'm still dying and like for you people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, Mozart wrote his first uh, symphony, number one, in E-flat major at the age of eight years old. Ugh. I was, like, going through my sexual awakening at that age. At eight? Yeah, Casper. Devin Sawa. Uh, I don't know why I got up, but yeah, I had a thing for the fox and... Uh, <laughs> I was just going to say. Robin Hood. The cartoon Robin Ooh, Hood. yeah. Right? Yeah. My I sexual awakening huge... was much later, right? <laughs> I actually had a huge crush on Peter Pan. Yeah. You got a type then. I do have a type. <laughs> I like redheads. I have a thing for redheads. And but like little boys who won't grow up. That makes me feel really dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Poorly worded. <laughs> Please reword. <laughs> reword. Grown men who still act childish. Yes. Okay. Oh, you, oh you're so good. Oh, you turned that around so well. <laughs> We well don't done. want to get letters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so modern experts have diagnosed Mozart, and I don't like that. I don't like historical diagnoses. I don't think they're smart or wise. But anyway, modern experts think that Mozart might have had a case of ADHD, which, yeah. at table, meowing, mm-hmm. okay. Furry. Or Tourette's syndrome, uh, which accounts for the sometimes uh, obsessive and uncontrollable use of obscene language that he apparently had. So Okay. Interesting. Could so, also be just a product of Prodigy being able to call the shots at a young age yeah. and having no one really tell him no. Was, yeah. You know? Never having heard the word no can do that to you. One of Mozart's good friends was Joseph Hayden. Uh, Haydn. Haydn. Thank you. <laughs> uh, like Mozart, he was a practical joker, uh, going so far as to being expelled from a singing school for cutting off a fellow student's pigtails. How very Anne of Green Gables of him. Yes. Very Kevin of Home Alone of him. (laughs) That too. Yeah. Uh, The pigtail thing was the official story. The real reason probably had more to do with the fact that he hit puberty and his voice went from being beautiful to (laughs) god-awful. Oh, man. It was so bad that the Empress Maria Theresa herself described it as crowing. So basically he pulled a Justin Bieber. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's better than the alternative. They had true castrated him. Yeah, he would have became a castrati. Which, by the way, castrati were known to be like major sex symbols. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. their bodies were abnormally odd. Like their body was um, quite tall, mm-hmm. um, but they had like small heads. <laughs> it was very, very weird, and they were known to be like. Major womanizers. All the women would just yeah. go after mm. them. They were like the George Clooney's. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. No babies there, right? Like, True. you know. Husbands yeah. and fathers probably had no problem leaving their wives or daughters with them. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he would have benefited from getting his <laughs> balls cut off. The more you know. The more you know. Although, yeah. by the sense of it, it was pretty brutal. Yeah. 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 The weirdest thing to happen to Haydn, though, uh, happened after his death. His skull was stolen from his grave. 
A week after he was buried, two scientists, and I quoted scientists in my note, Mm -hmm. uh, dug him up and made off with his head to study its phrenology, which was the study of the bumps and the shape of your skull can tell you about what type of person you are. Whoa. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. uh, Completely debunked. Once we got out of the 18th century. Yeah, I was about to say. The end of the 19th century is like bullshit, but it got looped into like eugenics and a bunch of ugliness. Yeah. Anyway, the kidnappers wanted to study geniuses, so they stole his skull, thinking uh, the phrenology would tell them more about him. The kidnappers weren't chill about it, though, and actually displayed the skull, which drew attention to themselves and really pissed off the public. And so to appease the public, they put another skull back in Haydn's grave. It was not Haydn's. <laughs> it was just some rando skull. Jeez. And it wasn't until 1954 that the true skull was returned to the tomb, but the replacement wasn't removed. So some t- other poor bastard is missing their head. Yeah, and it's he's got two skulls in his grave. Jeez. Yep. So I have a lightning round with a bunch of facts Ooh. about a bunch of, they're just one-offs. Uh, Tchaikovsky, who is one of my faves had a habit of holding uh, his chin with his left hand while conducting because he was worried his head would fall off. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he was doing it. I'm actually holding <laughs> my chin and conducting. Yeah. That's... Because he wow. thought his head would fall, fall off while conducting. So mm-hmm. he needed to keep it in place. Tchaikovsky is actually the reason why I do classical music. Oh. Yeah. The Nutcracker was my very first classical album. And I had it on repeat and repeat and repeat as a kid. And so I, yeah, I owe that to him. See, in 1997, they did a remake of Anna Karenina starring Sophie Marceau and Sean Bean. And I've been in love with Sean Bean since I was 13. I love Sean Bean. So I watched... Goldeneye? Oh. Did he die in it? No. Vronsky? No, not that one. So I watched that on loop, and the entire soundtrack was all Tchaikovsky and Rachmaninoff pieces. Oh, yeah. So that's why I love those two composers. Mm, Russian composers. Yeah. There really is something about them. It's like about depressing, them. but also beautiful at the yeah. same time. I love, I love Tchaikovsky. Yeah. I absolutely love Tchaikovsky. Wagner. Mm, famous Wagner. Um, was a cross-dresser and would often order... Um, pink lacy costumes for quote his wife though his wife's diaries survive and none of them ever mention any of these lacy pink costumes oh damn what what is mentioned in her diaries however was that one year she gave him a flamingo feather pink carpet for his birthday (laughs) so i think we know where those pink lacy costumes were going and it wasn't to mrs wagner (laughs) yeah uh last for the lightning round uh anthony hopkins was a classical style composer before he became an actor. In fact, he wrote a six minute piece titled And the Waltz Goes On in 1964, though it wasn't played publicly until 2011. Respect. Mad respect. Tense. Holy cow. I know that. So I have saved the weirdest story for last, and that is the story of Frank Litz. Franz Litz. I'd swipe right on him. <laughs> You and all of Europe, apparently, at the time. Yes. So our buddy Franz um, (laughs) set the mold for all boy bands that have followed. Mm -hmm. He was a classical rock star and created a craze known as Litzomania. Mm -hmm. Female fans would go so nuts for him that doctors considered him to be a mental illness epidemic. (laughs) (laughs) British fandom. Teens were not the first people to like. No. Mm -mm. Fandom. 
fandom in the Hardcore. romantic era. All over yeah. Lance. Because, like, I, I just remember reading, especially when, like, bands like Take That broke up and stuff. It's like, you know, uh, English teen girls are, like, lose it. Losers. Over the Beatles? Yeah. Beatles. They go nuts. The 90s, Take That. Um, <sighs> they threatened to commit suicide. Mm. Oh, like, yeah. Like, They'd faint on the spot. Like, yeah. It's crazy. It all started with good old Franz. Yep. He was a sex symbol, so much so mm. that women would throw their underwear on stage at him. And that's how that started. So I have a funny story about that. <laughs> Not my, I didn't see them, but my sister did. Um, Incubus? I was about to say, was it Nickelback? <laughs> no, no, Incubus. So, I mean, the lead singer of that back in the day was pretty good looking. He's, he's a good looking yeah. man. He, he's not bad. He's easy on the eyes. He's a little odd now. Um, but my sister <laughs> saw him back in probably the late 90s, so like right at the yeah. height of their career. And, like, women were throwing bras and underwear up on stage to the point where he had just started draping them and his arms were covered and he was just wearing bras. Like, it was bras, like a bra. These wings. Owning, <laughs> owning his, his sex status. status. Yeah, he was just, like, just had draped all of these bras. He left the underwear off, so but all the bras off his arms. He was like, yeah. The only way you could get me to go to a Nickelback concert would be to give me a pair of pantaloons. <laughs> so let me whip those at the stage. Bloomers. Bloomers. <laughs> Fruit of the loom. Nickelback is a lot. Like, I'm not a big Nickelback fan. They get a lot of hate, but they're wildly popular. So mm. someone obviously must listen to them. And they actually do do a good live show. I did see them, and I did throw my bra. Amy. I think I was in ninth grade. Oh, my God. So my <laughs> boobs were not that big yet. <laughs> Whipped up the old trainer. Okay, I was living in Cornwall at the time. Oh, that explains it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. and that was, we don't get a lot of touring bands of that status uh, in Cornwall. So it was, it was a party. Um, yeah, I was stuck behind like a really sweaty guy with a football jersey i think he was like six foot five <laughs> that's me at every concert me like, too why does I'm every like stuck six be- foot something yeah but like me? sweaty like it's like they're musk <laughs> <laughs> like hi my name is kevin <laughs> sweaty <laughs> because it is so prominent but anyways yes i always get stuck behind the tall very very sweaty men and of course at like metal shows and stuff you're pushed up right against yeah. them and you're like <laughs> <laughs> so anyways for Rory, oh yeah nickelback concert i actually had a really good time <laughs> it's when they released their dark horse album yeah they put on a great show there's a lot of pyro it'll be very warm it'll be very sweaty <laughs> yeah yeah a lot of brassiers <laughs> didn't see any underwear but saw a lot of bras <laughs> Sorry, way off topic. Uh, She's so uncomfortable with the Back to Litz. So Litz, during a concert in Berlin in 1842, several women burst into hysterical laughter and or passed out when he came on stage. Wow. So just like your the Beatles and the Mm -hmm. Nickelbacks, apparently. (laughs) I I did not throw my bra in the (laughs) picture. I actually never throw my bra. You swipe right. (laughs) But at the time, like, because I... I didn't really see a whole lot of concerts when I was a teenager. I grew up in Newfoundland, so I've seen Great Big Sea a lot. And as much as I enjoy <laughs> Alan Doyle, yes, yes sorry. Yeah. not exactly any <laughs> dropping material. So. <laughs> oh, they're not going to let you back on the rock after you said that. You know, Litz actually wrote some of the most complex piano music out mm. there. Like 
he had really, really, oh gosh, just to add to his <laughs> sex symbol status, he had huge hands. <laughs> you know what they say. Yeah. He you had how to work on. massive fucking hands. <laughs> so he would like, his music would make regular uh, size hand handed people sorry that was a mouthful um like reach crazy distances on the piano and sometimes like you need to kind of have the same dexterity dexterity as he did to do it properly it's yeah some of the hardest uh piano music out there to perform now we know why all the ladies are crazy for him yeah big hands Anything that he left behind anywhere, even on the street, automatically became relics uh, when picked up and treated with reverence. We're talking forgotten hankies, the dregs out of coffee cups. One woman claimed that she saw him throw away a cigarette on the street, picked it up, and had it encased in a locket with his initials put on it in diamonds and wore it for years. It smelled like an old cigarette, but she refused to not wear it. My God, he really is like... (laughs) Well, yeah, look at... He's a good-looking man. Yeah. That is a very sharp nose, though. He had a very, very prominent nose, but Mulaney's loved Mm -hmm. it. Locks of his hair were in such demand that he ended up keeping a pet dog expressly for the purpose of cutting off locks of its hair to send to fans. Because he was going to go bald if he met every request. Wow. (laughs) That poor poor dog. Poor dog. (laughs) Just shave it. Uh, Hans Christian Andersen was a contemporary and a fan. And the first time you met him, he wrote a lot about it in his diary, including a description of uh, Litz's charm, which was, quote, as if a ray of sunlight passed over every face in the room. Oh, wow. Ladies loved him. Dudes wanted to be with him. So he was and the James Bond him. almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm still scrolling at photos of him. <laughs> <laughs> Women couldn't speak around him. Royals had no chill in his presence and fawned over him. And when he broke up with one mistress, she destroyed the fuck out of her hotel room. Wow. He must have been given good something. (laughs) But later in life, he trained to be a Catholic priest. When he was 54, he took minor orders, but never officially became a priest. So modern academics are still trying to figure out what it was that Litz did that hit like it did kind of similar to your earworm studies. They'll study anything. Some academics have proposed that his tempos have a neurological effect that shuts down the reason center of the brain. So as soon as it starts playing, you just lose it. Uh, Another study says that because he was a handsome and skilled man, skilled with the piano, who took care of himself and his appearance, he signaled that he was a good mate. And that's why women loved him so much. Which tells me that the bar for men has always been set on the goddamn floor. Shower <coughs> regularly and play a piano and all of a sudden you're, you're <laughs> it. Yeah. I mean, I think back in the day, there probably wasn't a whole lot of A, famous people. B, a whole lot of celebrity cachet that weren't inbred royalty. Mm. So he probably didn't come from a line of cousins marrying cousins. True. Mm-hmm. He was not bad looking and he traveled a lot. So he had a teen girls, because teen girls are going to be teen girls regardless. They're going to be screaming at Justin Bieber and this dude. Right. You know, and he was relatively charming, so men also liked him. But but like Beethoven and Mozart didn't have that. Yeah, but they weren't very good looking. 
He didn't meow like a cat. Yeah. Well, like, Beethoven just looked frazzled all the time. Yeah. yeah. And might have smelled based off of the condition of his home. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So someone smells like old, rancid food. Mm-hmm. Like, the rest of them weren't really that good looking. This guy had some hair. Mm-hmm. A giant wig. Mm-hmm. He didn't have rotting food in his house. True. He had big hands. So that might explain the last posited um, study was that the fainting effect he had on people was presented was caused by presenting them with just too much perfection. So their system needed a reboot. (laughs) (laughs) Baby, hold on. (laughs) You're going to have to faint when you meet me. (laughs) People fainted when they met Elvis. They met. Oh, yeah. The Beatles. Like, it's just that hysteria. Oh, my God. And, you know, for some of these people, they wait hours, right? They don't really move. They don't drink. They don't eat because they're waiting in the fronts of the stage. So there's already heat, dehydration. You know, there's always a level of hysteria building in them that when these people come out on stage, you're just like, oh, my God. (laughs) Like, people see them as, like, godlike. Yeah. Right? Like... But I remember the first time, like, I saw, and I mean, I was 23, but the first time I ever saw Pearl Jam live, I remember being, like, so excited and, like, Mm -hmm. so on edge that, like, I can't imagine being, like, a teen girl standing at, like, the front of the stage just waiting for, like, hopefully to catch some sweat of Elvis. Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah. So that is my story. So that turns us... To Amy, me, and we get to learn oh. more about her. Okay, <laughs> I think we've learned a lot about you. Yes, <laughs> this is true. A lot, <laughs> like correcting. It's How you say the names? Franz Liszt. So you perform choral music. Yes, but what other types of music do you like? I will listen to all kinds of music. I have an appreciation for every genre, except pop country. Uh, but I. I will venture out to see metal shows mm. a lot. Uh, be, it's the polar opposite of what I perform professionally. So to kind of have that opposite venture is kind of fun. <laughs> um, I, I appreciate the workings of a metal band. I While I don't know a lot about how to set up a band for a concert, mm-hmm. um, just the 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 environment the the kind of atmosphere you're in at a metal show is so cool and you're going to be having like the shittiest day of your life and you can go see a metal band and punch the air and no one will judge you (laughs) Um, yeah yeah so so the mosh pit a lot of people have uh all these weird opinions about going to metal shows but to me i think it's just like a giant friend fest if you're in the mosh pit and you fall like i remember i was there and someone dropped his glasses and the guy beside him said stop stop what you're doing like cleared the whole circle and just let the guy gently pick up his glasses and then they just resumed (laughs) They, they resumed chaos like everyone is there for each other and i think a lot of people think they just want to punch the shit out of each other but just yeah. they're just they're just having a really really good time and letting out any kind of bad energy i guess if, if there's a way to see it um and the engagement with the band and their fans is, is super cool so there's a lot of these small venues and it's also not expensive 
you can go see a metal show for $10 and see an amazing band that you've been a fan of for years and they're right in front of you and it, it's super cool and I always try to support them. Um, there's so many subgenres of metal. Mm-hmm. It's insane. There's there's Gent, there's Prague, uh, there's, oh God, there, there's so many, but I tend to fall into the metalcore uh, category, which I guess you could say um, a lot of the bands that I like to listen to are a mix of like screaming and also clean vocals. So like regular singing and it's a good balance of it, but still really heavy, still very raw. Um, so I tend to, to listen to metalcore a lot and any kind of like melodic decor I really like as well. And so seeing it live is is super cool. I know a lot of people would not just put it on and, and go about their day cleaning and whatnot. Um, so that's why I would say you gotta go see it live because it's a whole different experience. It's it's so, so good. And the skill, like, oh, yes. like metal drummers, or, or some, they're, they're a force to be reckoned with because you watch them and they're just going nuts and it's a full-on workout for them. All you hear in the bag is, I'm like, what are you doing? Are you are you a human? Especially like, those that are not using the, the double kick yeah. pedal, the one that's using two kick drums Yeah, my favorites. Yeah, it, it, it's Because crazy. you're doing it with both feet. Oh, boy. Instead yeah. of just a double. Yeah. Thighs yeah. must be... Yeah. Oh yeah. Thunder thighs. <laughs> oh God. So, so yeah, you'll see me at metal shows quite a bit. I like to go to choral concerts, but I'm usually in rehearsal. <laughs> so that's the reality of singing choir music. I'm trying to venture into a little bit more of rap shows because a lot of the promoters in the area that promote metal bands uh, also promote rap. Mm-hmm. And I, every time I go to their shows, it's really, really good. So I might check out some of the, the rap shows coming to town. But uh, and I'm also a big fan of like alternative rock. So I like some bands such as The Beaches, which is an all female band from Toronto. Okay. Uh, July Talk, which you probably heard of. They're they're on the radio quite a bit. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Elise. <laughs> ah. um, and I like the Sheepdogs. They're from I believe Saskatchewan. Yes. Mm-hmm. So a lot of, uh, I, I'm really big on like Canadian artists as well. Uh, so like a lot of the metalcore community, I support a lot of Canadian bands, especially local. Like the metal scene here is huge. And I'm so lucky to be part of that. Um, you, you see a lot of the same people at shows and everyone just kind of becomes friends. Deep story here. When I broke up with my with my ex, I kind of like forgot a little bit of myself um, and how I love metal music. And so when I was newly single, I had a lot of time to reflect. I'm like, you know what? I want to go back to metal shows. And so I did. And but it was weird because you got this like silver haired blonde chick who doesn't know anybody going to a metal band standing by herself looking slightly terrified. <laughs> You're like, who is that? Someone's um, mom or big sister's here to pick them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt it, it was it was pretty daunting because I didn't know anybody, but then I started seeing the same people and we would just strike up a conversation. And funny enough, I actually met a lot of metal friends off Tinder. 
Yeah, yeah. We would just like talk about our love of metal and we would meet up to go see a show. And then we realized like, okay, you know, the spark between us isn't there, but like you're a super cool person to hang out with. So I've actually met quite a few people off Tinder in the metal scene and they're super awesome. Um, So I'm glad that I was able to you know, kind of broaden my, my friend group in that way. And it, it makes for a funny story too. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. If you weren't singing choral, would you be singing anything else? Probably jazz. Yeah. I was in a jazz quartet and I love, um, Diana Krall. Um, mm-hmm. I find not that I should compare myself to someone of that stature cause she's amazing. Uh, but I find, my voice is kind of similar to hers in a way. Like I would sing the same repertoire, the same songs that she would, because I feel like it's very comfortable with how I sing mm-hmm. uh, jazz. I was in a jazz quartet for a good year and a half. Um, unfortunately, lives get so busy yeah. and you can only commit to so much. But um, yeah, probably that. I like I like jazz a lot. There's a lot of room for improvisation, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> Um, which makes you get really comfortable on the spot. Hmm. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. I saw pictures on your Instagram of you in fancy costumes. Yeah. And performances. You want to tell us about that? Yeah, so I did do opera. Uh, When I was doing my undergrad in music, I started doing operas under the direction of Lawrence Iwashko, so he was my mentor. And it was a company called Opera Lira Ottawa. They have folded oh. since 2014. It was heartbreaking. So there's not really a large-scale opera company in Ottawa anymore. There's some medium-scale stuff, but it's nothing compared to what I experienced with Opera Lira. Uh, I did work there for a time. So, yeah, it was it was just like double whammy heartbreak. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I love I love opera. It's, it is different from choral singing in a way. Uh, choral singing, you have to be very versatile in how you sing. And with opera, it's, it's just a grandiose art form. You've got acting. You have, on occasion, dancing. You've got makeup, costumes, um, and, and music from the orchestra. It's just... It's just it, it, it's incredible, like the final product. And I miss it dearly. I don't do so much opera anymore because the company folded. That mm-hmm. was kind of my outlet to keep opera going right. because my focus was so much on um, arts administration and, and choral singing. So I miss it. I miss it dearly. I, you could say I had kind of an alter ego because my hair is so blonde <laughs> that if you're doing a show that's supposed to be set like in the 1700s or 1800s, yeah. they kind of have Very to. Very few peasants from the 1700 Balkan region had platinum exactly, blonde hair. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I had to wear a wig most mm. of the time and it was kind of fun <laughs> seeing myself as a, as a brunette or, um, I was a geisha at one point. I'm like, is this cultural appropriation? <laughs> I guess I am playing a role, but I'm not Asian. So, um, but Shades it, of Emma Stone all over you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's a whole can of worms right there. But uh, it was really fun to play those characters. I really enjoyed it. And I also love just singing in all these different languages. Of course, the main languages uh, that you'll see in opera is uh, Italian French, German, those are the the big three. 
And so to sing in a whole different language is it's just so much fun on its own. So yeah, I miss what it. What you need to do is find a metal band who needs an opera singer. Yeah. yeah. Nightwish, well, the Nightwish. Yes, yes. Um, I'm not a big fan of power metal, and I know that yes. has a lot of like okay. opera singers in it, but I have been told that I should do a lot of, uh, I should do some doom metal. Yeah, I've, I've heard that m- opera singers, or my voice in particular, would be kind of cool for it. In fact, funny story, I was contacted by a friend in a metal band. He wants to do like a chorus portion of the album uh, in a song that he's writing and he's been I've been consulting to help on like what to find and what kind of voices to look for and it is kind of like it is kind of power metal-y but I'm not mad about it because I think I could actually enjoy that Um, yeah so do metal I've been told is something I should venture into yeah, I, love, I used to love Lacuna Coil. I haven't listened to them in a long time, but yeah. they, uh, Nightwish as well. Nightwish is a good one. Too, really into The Gathering as well. Although, necessarily call them too metal anymore, but we should check out The Gathering. The Gathering? Uh, adding to my Spotify list uh, as we speak. <laughs> if you like, it's not really overly metal-y, I find. Yeah. Um, they were classified as metal, especially when they had the original male singer, and then they okay. brought a female singer. Gathering. And it sort of went a little bit more melodic, but their album If Then Else is really amazing. Ooh, okay. But I That's know what awesome. you mean about a mosh pit. The craziest mosh pit I've ever seen, though, is I was to Warp Tour, um, my mm-hmm. last Warp Tour, and they had Killswitch Engage. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. I was all the way back. Okay, so let's see. What can I reference this? <laughs> Translate to Elise, please. Yeah. Um, have you, you've been to a, like, have you ever been to a big, like, blues fest or something like that? Like a big after concert? People and outdoors. I know. Do <laughs> um, it. So you know how long, like, the War Museum is? Yeah. So the front of house, there we go. So for, say, blues fest, they have two stages, usually at the end of the front lawn. Okay. And the front of house is usually sort of... Halfway between, so half about sort of the end of the war museum. Okay. Because the lawn like extends. So I was about the length of the war museum away from the stage. Uh-huh. And I figured I was well out of like harm's way. Because <laughs> I was, a bit, we were a bit older at this point. My, yeah. my husband was, Dan, before my husband, he was in there. And I was like, okay, I'm going to stay way back here because it was sort of towards the end. It was one of the last bands. Before Coheed and Cambria, who was their headliner. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm just going to stay back here. And the mosh pit, the circle of whatever they call it, circle of rage, circle of um, chaos, maybe. Well, there's like the wall of death. Wall of death. I yeah. Think, and they started. And it was just this seething circle of just people that was all the way to me. That's insane. It was a craziness, but it was probably the biggest and craziest Holy, I've what, ever What seen. band was it? Kill Switch Engage. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. man. I've, I've been seeing a lot of crazy mosh pit videos surfacing. Um, do you know what the wall of death is? Mm-mm. Basically, but it you got it sound pleasant. So you got like your you got like your big crowd, and then there's like a big open space, Please? and you got people at one end and people at the other end, and then the band will basically count them down, and then they just oh. <laughs> this it's like going giant. to war. <laughs> This one was a giant circle pit. Like yeah, I think they just call it a circle pit. Like it, I can't but remember. it was they, they had it named something, and everybody yeah. knew what to do. And it was just like uh, is this circle of it's, death? It's like 
oh, it was the craziest thing. And like Dan came out, he was like, this was awesome. But he's like, had his shirt ripped because he <laughs> fell and someone like picked him up, but ripped his shirt. <laughs> oh, at any metal show you go to, there is going to be one asshole that is just like, had too much to drink or oh, that's too it. many or popped too many pills and he's just like out of control. But like that is not tolerated at certain venues. So like there are some venues in Ottawa where no crowd surfing whatsoever. Um, so I think like the Bronson Center will allow it because it is technically like a medium size venue. Mm-hmm. And but you'll go to like Mavericks or the 27 Club or the Brass Monkey where they have a lot of metal shows and no crowd surfing. Yeah. Uh, so I guess it's more tamed, but you can still have fun. Yeah. But yeah, when you go to those big shows, it's intense. Yeah. yeah. I almost got a concussion from someone crowd surfing at a oh, tragically hit yeah. concert. At the back, the guy was just like wanted to get up and someone put him up and it was a huge gap and I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Dunk. Ow. With his, like, combat boot on my... And I was like, dude, again, I am at the back just trying to enjoy... Yeah, I'm at the back for a reason. Don't rain on my parade, please. Don't stomp on my head, please. Yeah. All these shenanigans. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I am too old for this. I've been at front concerts before. Not really. I didn't go to concerts as a teenager. My friends are going to uh, Bakken Open Air, which I believe is in... Germany, in Bonn, Germany, and so they're going, and I am going to go to 70 Tons of Metal, which is a boat cruise (laughs) of metalheads and constant, yeah, 70,000, so actually they had to get a bigger boat, which I think is like 120 tons (laughs) of metal, but they kept 70 tons of metal because it's better, Yeah, it sounds better, and not so much a mouthful, and so we're going to go in 2020 to celebrate like their 10 year anniversary, and yeah, it's basically a boat cruise full of metalheads, and there's constant metal music playing like at all hours of the day, like even at 4 a.m., so you can have your food smothered in ranch while enjoying metal at yeah nine in the morning yeah awesome yeah <laughs> that's basically it yeah we we want to some year do the um, three eleven they do a so you know the band three eleven oh yeah so they do a three eleven cruise so oh my god March on the eleventh they do like a <laughs> five day cruise where it's like they headline every night they have a bunch of bands wow and I mean now that. I didn't see them until I was much older, but he's a panty dropper, like the lead singer of 311. <laughs> he sang a is it love song. Yeah, he does. They do a cover of Love Song, which is actually the song at my wedding. And I, I watched them play that, and I was like, You hear that sound? And I was like, What are you talking about? Like, that is the sound of every panty in this room dropping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, he's a very good looking man. It's a very nice song. <laughs> looking this up. <laughs> and, and it's just like, Panty dropper. <laughs> Oh, Nick Hexum. <laughs> Even his last name is like, put a hex on me. Yeah. <laughs> so that. <laughs> everyone. It's probably more his dad. Everyone Google that is true, that is Nick true. Hexum. Well, now he looks a little bit more. He's, he's a little bit older, right? So that was. Uh, is he, is he um, a silver fox? Oh, he is a silver fox. Yeah, that's more. Okay, everyone, Google Nick Hexum current day, <laughs> present day. Oh, He's a God. sexy man. I told you, panty dropper, right? Wow. 
I would throw my bra at him if he was at a concert. <laughs> Eat your heart out, Chad Kroger. <laughs> He's getting my big girl bra. <laughs> My talk so about, proud of me right now. Talk about coming of age, eh? <laughs> I swipe right. My husband's like, that's my wife. <laughs> Wait, my wife classy, darling. <laughs> do you have any questions for Amy? I do not. So we've gone from classical to jazz to opera to metal. Came around to metal a couple times. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I can tell. I, uh, I like it. Yeah. So uh, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, so I manage the Capitol Chamber Choir. It is a mixed male and female uh, semi-professional choir. At uh, Well, we're all on social media, but our website is www.capitalchamberchoir.ca. I have my own choir blog uh, called Blonde in the Choir. And my website is www.blondeinthechoir.ca. And I am also in a women's choir <laughs> called Isla. Amy hates free time. Amy, free time? What is that? <laughs> um, I am in a women's choir called Isla. It's A-E-L-L-A. And if, in case you're wondering, Isla is an Amazonian warrior. Oh. Who, uh, my half sleeve tattoo is Isla. Oh. Yeah, so that's A E L L A <laughs> choir.com, I think. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was a bad plug. <laughs> I, uh, I manage all the social media for those websites, so check it out. We have some YouTube videos and recordings and albums, so give it a listen. We're kind of good. Uh, you're really good. Oh, so false thanks. modesty cracks. Thank you. <laughs> and I will say, I know you were like uh, doing your story on earworms, but maybe look up eargasms. Ooh, yeah. I feel a blog entry coming your way. I know. I think I eargasms <laughs> when the music feels good. <laughs> So that is our episode for today. Thank you, Amy, for joining us. Thank it's you so much for fun. having me. My cheeks me. hurt from smiling. So Yay! that's always a good, a good show. Uh, you can find us at www.rabbitholespodcast.com. Our email is rabbitholespodcast at gmail.com. If you want to head to our website, you can check out the merch tab and buy some uh, merch with our logo on it. Our store is hosted by Redbubble. And you can check out the support tab, which takes you to our Patreon page, and you can become a patron, and we have some great uh, perks at different levels for you there, too. If you like what we do and like listening to us and we give you eargasms, (laughs) uh, maybe uh, you can give us a review, give us a shout-out. You can recommend us on Facebook. You can give us a review on Apples or Stitcher. Uh, You can find us on the socials. You can find us on Twitter at... Rabbit Holes Podcast. Nope. Oh, no. <laughs> Damn it. It's been a while. <laughs> I'm really rusty. <laughs> I had this memorized. <laughs> Hold on. Let's, let's. Rabbit Holes Pod. Rabbit Holes Pod. Okay, so let's do this again. So you can find us on the socials. You can find us on Twitter at Rabbit Holes Pod, at Instagram, Rabbit Holes Podcast, Facebook, Rabbit Holes Podcast page. And that's, I think, all of the three socials. Thank you. (laughs) I just totally had a brain fart. So that brings us to the end of the show for this week. There's only one last thing to do, and that's to remind you that if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. 
Bye, guys. Bye. Au revoir. No, auf Wiedersehen. Good night. Yes. Auf Wiedersehen. There we go. 